I'm gonna ask you nice. You get the hell off my property or I'm calling the police. Oh, yeah, you afraid? You know, this is ridiculous. You wanna go now? Come on, Johnny. You wanna do this? Let's go. Come on, come on. What is going on? Dad's about to fight this guy. Amanda, just please go inside. This is between me and Sensei Lawrence. Yeah, you two seem to have this pretty well in hand. It's a normal Saturday afternoon, a couple of grown men about to kick each other into a pool. You know, as much as I would love to watch you and your childhood karate rival duke it out, I kind of don't want to get any blood on the patio. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. It wouldn't be very balanced to stalk your ex online. That's why I also stalk my ex's husband, Namaste. <laughs> and my name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai because I heard it from a friend who... Heard it from a friend who heard it from another. You've been messing around. That's right. The song they're playing in the car so I could spell it mm. out for you. <laughs> I figured that was what it was. Well done, Jim. Yes. Uh, we're here to discuss episode nine of season uh, one of Cobra Kai. Different, but the same. Um, same same sort of crew putting this one together. We got John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberger uh, directing this old job and story by Josh uh, Held, Peeled, John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberger, and Jason Belleville uh, wrote the actual teleplay. Uh, episode nine, here we are, almost at the end. What are you thinking, Jim? Uh, I think there's a very important question that I, I guess it's good that I haven't posed it yet. I mean, I've been talking a bit about the will they, won't they, as we've been discussing this season, but I was thinking when I'm watching this, and this is something we've delved into in shows which you know when we've discussed other shows, what is the name of the Daniel and Johnny ship, my dude? Uh, now, I mean, do we even need to catch people up on ships? I'll do that real quick if you could try to see if you can find it. Um, I'm trying. I assume if you listen to TV podcasts, you're familiar with ships. Basically, that's short or internet slang for relationships. Um, and I don't necessarily mean like this needs to be like a romantic relationship, but I do ship. Usually is though. <laughs> it usually is. Yeah, I, I'm not going that far. I do ship Johnny and Daniel, but I just ship them in being the best dudes, ultimate tag team. They need to. Be, they need to be best friends. And this episode really teases and plays around with that quite a bit. Uh, and that's what led me thinking: Is there a ship name? Because I don't know if it's just like Daniel or Don. It can't be Donnie like that because it's too much of a real name. But sometimes they do that. And yeah, again, for catching people up, if you're not sure about a ship, usually you do, it is some sort of combination of their names uh, is what you call yourself when you're that particular shipper. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've run this gamut, gamut before with different uh, shows. And I... I Jim, next time maybe a bit of pre-production on this, yeah. I can give you. That's no, all right. It's just I, I want to be fact-based in my uh, reporting here, so I can't tell you just from an initial glance. We have about three hundred fanfics here where Cobra Kai is mentioned. A lot of them will be Miguel slash Robbie. I get that. Ooh. There's the same chemistry, except yeah. they're young and sexy instead of old and sexy. Um, so you know why yeah. not that? And I'm a trying more to scroll through. A bit more risque. Yeah. Uh, on the head front, I'm seeing which is short for heterosexual, uh, I'm seeing a bit more of uh, Johnny slash Ali, which makes sense because Daniel's son's all shacked up and uh, Johnny's a better man now. So that seems to be quite common. As far as names, I haven't done a deep dig here. Uh, there's one. There's one that's uh, John Kreese slash Daniel LaRusso slash Terry Silver. Not clicking on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, keep that one away. 
it is called Cobra Kai Brothers for Life if you want to look it up uh, on Archive of Our Own. Um, but yeah, okay, so there's 142 fanfics that are purely Daniel slash Johnny here. So uh, I'm not sure what the name would be. If you have a suggestion for the name, please send it in. I will read all of these by next week so I can give some fact-based reporting. Say, yeah, maybe I'm sorry, I did put you on the spot, but uh, yeah, maybe we'll get into it. <laughs> Uh, what it could be uh, uh, for the finale, big finale teaser, <laughs> where we can discuss. Uh, I do actually want to read. I, I'm not sure. It, I mean, this reads like a bot comment, but mm-hmm. but then there's like some real discussion there. Now, I mean, to go inside a little bit, we are recording some of these ahead of time and releasing them weekly. But someone, we do have video versions of this. If you're not, if you weren't aware of that, if you're listening on the podcast on our YouTube page, uh, shows that you know. Because um, someone commented on our strike first discussion, I do remember briefly bringing up like if who was a boomer or who was a Generation X or whatever. Because this person lists like everyone's uh, like around birth area, like roughly, mm-hmm. and like Mr. Okay. Miyagi's father is from the Lost Generation. This is from Ed So. Now, because when I first glanced at this, I was like, oh, here's another bot comment. Because you get a lot of bot comments because it's a big wall of text. But I was like, oh, my God. But it's actually on topic. Could a bot <laughs> be on topic? I don't know. Uh, but he gets into, like, the birth, roughly birth years for but not, like, only the characters, but also the act, <laughs> the actors themselves. Uh, but Mr. Miyagi's father, I guess, the lost generation. Greatest generation, um, not quite Mr. Miyagi. Let me get to where he gets into his thing. All right, yeah, for characters on the show, Miyagi is the greatest generation. Yeah, because I guess that is the uh, the old WW2 generation. Crease- yeah, all of this is, sorry to just give a bit of a global perspective. All of this is made up American bullshit, but <laughs> yeah. so is a lot of stuff in this uh, The Greatest Generation. Okay, yeah. go on, Jim. Sorry, I just had to be the foreigner real quick. Yeah, Crease is from The Silent Generation. That's the one after Greatest Generation. And now he, what he note, notes here, and it's an interesting factoid, is Terry Silver is the only boomer. And then he adds, which is, per- <laughs> which is perfect in my opinion. Uh, Daniel, yeah. Johnny, uh, Amanda, Allie are all Generation X. And all the new kids are all Generation Z. Um, so, yeah, they're actually younger than millennials. And he's actually, he actually yeah. says the only millennial Generation Y is Stingray, which I believe is who we'll meet in Season 2. Uh, and he puts, you know, which is kind of funny when you think about it. And, uh, yeah, so I, I thought that was cool. Thanks for the shout out. We also, uh, uh, would love reviews, but nice to see a comment that was on topic on one of our videos. <laughs> yes. Um, and you can also leave a review, uh, on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. We'd very much appreciate it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know before we get into the discussion, there's also, uh, a fanfic here where Daniel and Johnny are lawyers on a high-profile case opposite each other, even ah. though uh, they, they've been at each other's throats ever since they par- passed the bar exam uh, 20 years ago. So uh, what happens when they're both trapped in an elevator and Daniel goes into heat? <laughs> yeah well, no no that... don't worry jim it's also like uh they also have like mating cycles in this universe and go in and out of heat was that um, written pre-cobra kai was that like you know back just in the 2000s like just someone jim that's... this came out this month 
<laughs> this is a this fandom is is thriving, Jim, and yeah. we're going to be part of it. Yeah, and if you are. want to hear a live reading of Yellow Light Fever by me and Jim, uh, please uh, s- subscribe to our Patreon that we don't have yet. But maybe we should have one if we can get bonus content like this. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're still waiting for season three, once we've wrapped up our season one and two discussion, we have yeah. our topics ready to go. I'm bookmarking this, so let's leave it at that. Um, so. Jokes aside, this uh, episode does get into the greatest will they, won't they of our generation, um, Johnny and uh, Daniel, of course. Uh, this is like all the tea, all the fandom teasing of like, because you keep saying you want this. And this is like so giving it to you like 100% immediately. Uh, it's just great how it works out, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I, uh, I love this episode. It was one of those like uh, on first watch, like you know it's not the finale and you know things are starting to feel too uh, like good and safe so you know something's going to happen in a very like tv-esque sort of way but i still feel like it 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 doesn't feel too contrived uh we do a we have a quick uh you know skateboard sesh at the beginning with robbie uh where he kind of does the the one-handed handstand you know making sure we're still remembering that but more importantly we pick up uh, apparently, Johnny Lawrence has been driving all night to get to wherever Daniel LaRusso lives after his car was burned up and set on fire because he arrives just in time for breakfast. And I do like that, you know, we're set. The previous episode ends on this, you know, cliffhanger, I guess, for lack of a better word, because Johnny's on his way to meet Daniel. But uh, they quickly just kind of they tease it a little bit and then it just quickly put to put away. Uh, as you heard in the clip that opens the show, which makes sense because um, Amanda LaRusso is the voice of reason that's like, yeah, you know, I'd love for you to have this karate fight here out in our yard, but uh, maybe let's just have some breakfast and uh, you guys are adults, okay? Yeah, I, uh, I've i seen this uh, season uh, at least twice previously and at the end of last episode, because it's been a while, I was still like, Hell yeah, I'm ready to see him go and fuck up Daniel or whatever, and they get into a big fight. Maybe I'm mixing in some stuff from other places. I don't know. Maybe I've just seen that fucking tournament scene one time too many. It's ingrained in my brain. Uh, but yeah, no, it's great because it is, it would, I mean, Cobra Kai is ridiculous, obviously, but it's just great to have that voice of reason puncture the whole thing so we can get it, uh, you know, is what you expect at the end of the last episode. Of course, you're going to have a, like, you expect them to have a fight. And then maybe come to understand each other instead of just have awkward breakfast, which is obviously way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I do like the quick, like, just the movements of how they both get in their fighting stance and, like, the tease of it. Uh, yeah. But I love, yeah, crashing into reality of being adults. And, yeah, a little uh, uh, verbal jousting over breakfast and things are starting to come out about, you know, remember that... Uh, Sam was with her friends when they smashed into Johnny's car. You know, just a, a, a comedy of um, misunderstandings that continue to build between Daniel and Johnny. Yeah, and you love how uh, in the clip from the beginning, Daniel's so quick to go into the fighting thing. Like, he's like, oh, no, I'm totally reasonable. And I'm calling the police. This is ridiculous. But then also, like, you want to go? Let's go right now. And then, like, <laughs> this is between me and Sensei Lawrence. Like, he's so in it. And his wife is just like, okay, how about no? Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I do prefer the awkward breakfast uh, that we do get instead, obviously, and how uh, <laughs> they get to air all the grievances of the spray-painted dick and uh, trying to keep him out of all that, the All Valley Tournament and torching of the car, which then is his fault, which, uh, you know, and also the fact that this car originally got destroyed, uh, well, was also the LaRusso's fault. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and in, in the midst of that, we have uh, Miguel's taking his PSATs. Now, I mean, I know as a Swede living in Ireland, you know about the SATs from movies and TV. PSATs. They're big test, big yeah. test, right? Lots study hard, yeah. Yeah, study hard. This is important. You can't be thinking about the tournament in Sam right now. You need to be focusing even on a practice test. And of course, I don't know. I've, it's just a practice test, though, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what and, Miguel says. And, of course, Dimitri's laying out his, uh, you know, this is his one shot. He doesn't have karate. You know, he needs to get into a good school. Um, and then we have, you know, Sam and Miguel. It's still the old, like, he's testing her. Like, oh, what'd you do last night? Oh, your family, you know. Uh, well, I haven't, I haven't met your family. Oh, my mom would love to meet you. You come over any time. Really, like, laying it on pretty thick here. Um, now, this is just standard... We would see this from Miguel either way, or is this also partially the inner Johnny Lawrence of Miguel coming out? Is this just standard teen stuff no matter what, no matter whether Miguel met Johnny Lawrence or not? I feel like this is mopey, uh, not striking first uh, (laughs) stuff, honestly. Because what he should do is, as I always say watching most shows, why aren't they just open about their feelings? Because he could go... Yeah, uh, I know it's a bit weird, but I came by last night and uh, I uh, was just wanted to say hi, maybe get this awkwardness over with because I feel like you don't want me to meet your folks. But obviously, he's not going to say that. But then he could also say, and I saw you there with some dude yeah. and I feel pretty shitty about it. And you want to talk about that? But that would be striking first conversationally, emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, he's just being mopey and letting it grind him down. And it's very sad to see. Well, it, yeah, I mean, if no mercy is about er- is it? Is there a no mercy emotionally? Is there an emotional version of no mercy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we're about to find out. And you know what? I felt really hurt by it and betrayed. And you know what else? <laughs> I don't feel good that it seems like you're ashamed of me around your father. Because I know your father's <laughs> very important in your life, and I'd like to be as important as well. <laughs> no, please yeah, I stop. Feel like that's... <laughs> No mercy. Strike first. Yeah, no, that feels like what he uh, what he could do if he took the best part of what he's being taught and combined it with his own emotional sort of sensei. We don't say spick anymore, you know, all of these things that he's been uh, these sensitivities that Miguel is uh, bringing into Johnny's life. Uh, that would be the perfect combo. But he is a teen. He has all these hormones flowing around him and in him. So, you yeah. know, what can you say? Yeah, yeah. Um Oh, what was I going to say? Uh, ah, move on. I'll, I'll think of it. So, yeah. Probably you were going to say that you you love that uh, Daniel's son is just continues to be a piece of shit I do. in this episode. <laughs> I do love him in this episode that he's like, uh, my dad's going to dad's going to kick this guy's ass or, you know, uh, I'm going to tell him you said that. And he's like, good. I want him to know. <laughs> like when him and Johnny are going back and forth. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I want him to know. And that's how he beats him and keeps eating the... And then, and then he's like, uh, got any catch? He's like, yeah, get it yourself. <laughs> uh, and then even later when um, Sam's grounded and he's like talking about how great it is to use the internet and don't forget her uh, smartwatch, etc. Uh, good stuff. Um, oh, well, I actually, you know what? The, the thing I do remember, but I'll talk about it in the next episode. Forget it. All right. Whatever. Okay. Um, um, we have, yeah, so now we have the Cobra Kai kids hanging out at the park uh, with Dimitri. I won't count him as one of the Cobra Kai kids. I'm sorry, Dimitri. Uh, Hawk's well. kicking ass, and Aisha's finding out that she's still being cyberbullied, but she's a new, tougher Aisha, so, you know, a, a plan starts to be hatched for revenge, in a way. Yeah, and uh, you know what? This feels like a very healthy uh, sort of way of striking first by throwing a kick-ass party, which just visually has like the whole school in it, I guess. And <laughs> yeah. they just had that pull to throw a party at a at a moment's drop on any day. Um, so cool, great for them. I guess they could have done it at any time if they had uh, if they had the balls. I mean, and... to be fair, like. All it takes in high school to get everyone to show up is beer, and they do have that important piece. Hawk does, you know, Good act point. as if, and he gets the beer because any nerd, it doesn't matter if you're a nerd or whatever, but Hawk's clearly graduated from nerd to like weird kid that you're not sure about. Like, because you're not going to yeah. call him a nerd, and you're like, this kid might be cool, but I mean, he's a little weird. I'm not sure yet. But then once he's say, like, hey, we got beer and vodka. Yeah. He's not a geek, but yes. he might be a freak. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I get you. And then the, um, the so. build is going on with Johnny and Daniel. I love that, you know, they first they're like kind of arguing over the car they find. Like, you know, he's correcting him on what the, I don't know, the horsepower. I don't know anything about cars. Uh, but, you know, it becomes a situation. What kind of man doesn't, Jim? <laughs> yeah. And they I like the little teases. Like, oh, have Robbie, you know, set up this test drive where it's like, oh, my God, Robbie. He doesn't know yet. But luckily, Robbie's not there. But that leads to a series of events where Daniel's the one. Uh, hanging out with with Johnny on the test drive. Meanwhile, Sam gets confronted by her mom because she was involved in that hit and run with her friends. So she gets grounded. Perfect timing because Miguel's uh, in the process of going off the rails and he feels like Sam's ignoring him. And uh, that's, you know, building more teenage angst, angst for the heart and soul of the show, Miguel Diaz. Yep. And then more importantly, we get them driving around in the car and we get the song that you hummed there at the start. Yeah. And it's just beautiful as they're both bobbing their heads cartoonishly like, ah, oh, we, we've got some stuff in common. Weird. And then, of course, like you do, you take your teenage karate rival to where you grew up. Uh, I guess they were <laughs> yeah. just passing it. Yeah, I yeah. thought Terry Silver bulldozed this place, but uh, I think it's supposed to be in Karate Kid. It's supposed to be like... Ah, oh, look at this like shitty place they've moved into. And besides the fact that the pool has water now, it's also just like, man, this place must be worth so much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's the you know housing market and all that. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in, even if it's in what Reseda, which I don't know anything about, except people talk like it's bad. But even yeah. in Reseda, I assume the price, the the real estate there has got to be worth a pretty penny. It's um, got to be gentrified. There's probably like um, uh, bonsai tree shops all over the place. Yes, <laughs> and uh, I like that. It's it's obvious, but not apparent. You know 
how much in common these two guys have in com- like how, how much they have in common where they should be best friends outside of this yeah. minor tiff they had 30 something odd years ago they grew up in the same time they grew up in fairly same area they're into the same music they're both still in the fucking karate yeah, <laughs> like, like nerds yeah and you know just the they 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 lay it on a little thick, but it's still, I think, nice. Even even when they're using the flashbacks, which again, I think we forgive more. We I think we already talked about this, but we usually are not big fans of flashbacks. But uh, this is going back to something thirty some odd years ago, and not everyone is watching the Karate Kid trilogy and then the Cobra Kai right after like we are. Yeah, it's usually I'm like a bit annoyed of when people do like a flashback of the previous episode or whatever. It doesn't feel as good as uh, stranger things egregiously does this a lot where it yeah. just flashes to things we absolutely remember and don't like we get, we would have a better time just imagining what someone's thinking instead of literally showing on the screen, something we've already seen. Um, but yeah, he gets to have a flashback of moving in there. They talk a bit about how, you know, just cause it's a nice house doesn't mean nice things are happening on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, that was his line to Miguel's mother, but it's the same same sort of uh, conversation. And then Johnny wants a drink because there's too much reminiscing for, for him to be doing sober. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he just says something along the lines of, like, I didn't have a rich dad. I had a rich stepdad. And, you yeah. know, he, he, it wasn't all. Yeah, there was some good times. He, he got to he got to have his dirt bikes and cool clothes or whatever, but it wasn't always as easy as you'd expect. Um, yeah, he says and, his step step daddy was a real piece of shit. Yeah. He says as and, well. So. And they they are a couple of mama's boys as well, so they bond over that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Then we have Hawk doing buying the beer, talking about how Bert is his son, <laughs> which I love. Hey, that's you, you got to look at my ID. That's my kid over there. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> and you know, yeah, tensions building with Miguel and Sam, but more importantly, back at the bar, they're. You know, Johnny's calling him Danielle, uh, calling him a girl, order, ordering him a Shirley Temple, uh, drinking a banquet, and they start talking about Allie, uh, Allie with an I, and kind of like what you had mentioned, being so Miyagi-Do that, you know, Daniel does rattle off <laughs> a good amount of information. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's not going to go that step of adding her as a friend, but, you know, he'll, he'll peruse. Because that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, he'll peruse yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, just keeping abreast of what's happening in the world. You gotta. You gotta, though. And uh, I guess we'll leave it to talk about, but uh, do you think not having Allie in this, like in season one, was that a decision or a logistic thing, do you think? That's a good question. I feel like um, I feel like it was for sure a decision. Hmm. I feel like, but obviously they, they want her to be a presence, but I think I think they're smart enough to know it would be too much if she was also around, like especially this early. And you know, you can use it as like a, a thing, like they do here, as like a small bonding moment and a, a, a lost love for for good old Johnny. Um, but yeah, I think because I think if they did have her popping up around here, it just it would be too much. 
Yeah, and I think like Daniel has so many flames in like Karate Kid Part Two. Uh, part three, arguably, depending on how you read it. And like, just logically, once you've grown up, most people don't end up with the first person they uh, go on a date with. Um, and more importantly, I feel like the dynamic would be all cluttered because you'd have all three of them back. And now we're focusing in, obviously, on Daniel and Johnny, which was like, obviously, we love the all the romance stuff in the original Karate Kid film, but it would be weird and cluttered if, like, Daniel's married to Ali as well, and then Daniel and Johnny have this conflict thing, and, like, is it about that still? Like, doesn't that feel more like a repetition of what we've seen before yeah. sort of thing? Um, but, yeah, so it, it totally uh, makes sense, even if they could have done something with it. But I also would have liked to see her um, in it, too. So I don't know. I guess yeah. I'm conflicted. Yeah, and I... I um. I mean, I guess maybe this is even obvious to even state, but like, I still, I, I, like, I hope that it's not something where, you know, if they do bring Allie back or whatever, like, I don't really read Daniel. Daniel's thing is like that he knows about her. It's a little weird, but I don't read it as like he wants to get back with her or anything like that. It's just kind of like, ah, one of my first loves or whatever. And sometimes you check up on people. I would hope yeah. that if it ever did get to the point, they wouldn't play up a love triangle where like he's going to like leave his wife for Allie with an no. eye or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would happen. Yeah. Um but yeah, and I mean, also after just uh, Karate Kid Part 2, when she's just totally dismissed in the opening line of yeah. like, can't believe she went off with some college dude. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is weird in general. It's more like the whole nostalgia thing that the show's built on. This is a little more of that, of a different flavor sprinkled on top. Um, so moving on, we have the cool kids. Uh, showing up to this rocking ass party. The only one with the normal reaction has got to be Moon, who's like, oh, kick ass. Even yeah. a bigger party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. The, we, we stumbled upon an awesome party. Um, and what's his name again? Is it Kyler? Kyber? Yes. Yeah, it's Kyler. <laughs> yeah. I like how he sees Miguel and he's like, oh, we're going to get the hell out of here. And it's, it's, his reaction is a little like cartoonish where yeah. it's like, because they tell Jasmine, I think is her name, tells uh, him like, go tell him to leave. And I would be like, there's like 50 people. How do I even get them to pay attention to me? Like, yeah. I can't harangue a gang that big. Can we go on the other side of the lake yeah. and have a, uh, a lame party over there? Or how about we just join our parties? Uh, but no, she doesn't want to. She's uh, She hates nerds and freaks and geeks, I guess, is yeah. her thing. Yeah, it's more the 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 average fickle high school student who like because you see like Aisha and some of the nerdy kids, but they're clearly hanging out with some of the cooler kids in school. But it's like since you're at a rock and party, no one cares. Only this yeah. mean girl is the one that's like, but wait, we're bullies. We're not supposed yes. to even hang out with them. <laughs> we can't have a good time here where other people are also having a good time. They must suffer and see how we're having fun on social media. That's how we know we're having a good time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the guys just drive off and Moon just goes like she even catches like Hawk's eye immediately. And it's like, Oh, I mean, she's into freaks, I guess. So here we go. And I mean, they're not drinking banquets here. And I guess that's a good choice because if Miguel was slugging banquets after Johnny gave him a drink, it would be too much like, Oh, Johnny's a terrible influence on this kid. <laughs> even now it just seems more like, Oh, high school kids go to parties and drink. 
Uh, because for a second when I was like, oh, they're not drinking banquets, I was like, oh, yeah, probably a good idea. It'd be too, it'd be too much this adult is a bad influence on this child. It is a uh, an American high school party. I assumed the red cups are mandatory. <laughs> like, is there a law? Does it is it legal if you drink it from a red cup? This is what I've learned from movies and television, Jim. So it's just uh, that's what they're doing. I mean, red solo cups is just the way to go. It's just a classic. It's like a paper. Yes, it's sir. like a bottle in a paper bag. Yes, also not a thing here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just drink from the bottle. It's fine. Um, yeah, Miguel. Um, the, his acting is uh, not Miguel, but the actor whose name escapes me for the moment, uh, Zolo. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it properly. That's why I never say it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, his acting is usually very good. And when he's drunk, I don't quite believe it because it's so cartoonish. But I guess that makes sense, right? Weirdly, I, mean, I believe think? it. I, I do believe mm-hmm. it. I could see that take, though. I, I could see what you're saying. But I guess I buy it as a this is the first time this dude's been drunk type deal because like the first time you you, you get drunk you're drunk but you're also acting drunk in that's a, a good way. point no if they if they actually like showed that i would believe it more because it's true. like I he's could... doing like the stumble thing like <laughs> yeah yeah i'm fine and it's like uh it, he is drunk but he's acting drunker than he is sort of thing I feel like he is a big time drinker and he understands as an actor <laughs> the choice you make when you're getting drunk for the first time. I mean, even though he's only like 16, he's been drinking since he's like 13. So he understands like, well, well the first time I was drunk, I know I was like overacting it. That's why I'm going to do it here. I'm giving him okay, too well, much credit. but <laughs> Yeah, he, he's been drunk since he's 13. You're giving him way too much credit. Uh, we got to get Zola on the show. Yeah. Uh, have him explain his thinking behind these acting choices. Uh, I'm sure he'd love to go into detail on it. Um, we also have Dimitri getting some uh, ad- advice from Eli on how to pick up chicks, uh, which is basically, he says, like, oh, it's not about the hawk and the hat, uh, like the haircut and the tattoo. Uh, it's a way of life. You got to feel the energy and live in the moment. And I, I, I guess I, that, that doesn't mean anything, right? I or... mean, he's basically saying it's like, you know, be confident. It's like the standard, like, idea. Like, it's like, yeah, you, you got the swag. And, you know, you got the juice. Sometimes you can have too much juice, but you got just enough juice. Mm, too, too true. <laughs> yeah. I felt like uh, while it's fine, it's just so, the, the phrases are so uh, well, like, you know. What's great about it is that it doesn't work. That's what's perfect. Because that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's almost to your point. Like, yeah, he's kind of saying nothing. I mean, I think the underlying idea is just to be confident and kind of own your presence or whatever. Like, just be yourself and be con- – well, not maybe be yourself because maybe – or I guess Hawk maybe is who he really is. I don't know. But, yeah, just be confident. And I think he's like, all right, I'll go do that. And then he goes and talks to a girl and it, like, it's terrible. Like, he, first he picks the mean girl, so it's not going to work. And then, uh, then he just kind of rambles about, like, you know, talking to girls makes him nervous except for, a, like, his mom – uh, and then she has to leave. 
Yeah, uh, no, I, with with the Hawks comments, I just felt like with a show that's this good, it was kind of a wasted opportunity to have wording that's so bland. Like, you can either make it a joke that Hawk thinks something ridiculous, because uh, he's usually doing that, or make it something actually insightful, like one way or the other. But True. it just feels like, like he says nothing there. Yeah. And, that's, and then he, like, goes up and does nothing. And, uh, or like, Hawk could have even, like, here's, again... Not really complaining, but here's something that could have happened. Hawk could have said, like, let me tell you the truth, okay? I'm still Eli on the inside, and I'm still scared all the time. I just do it anyway. So just do it anyway, Eli, and it'll work. And then that would make sense for him as a motivation to go up and do that thing with that the hottest girl, who I think he said in episode two, he w- would, like, uh, kill them all for her to smother his face or, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Spit in his face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, yeah, he tries that. It uh, doesn't work. Uh, she walks off. And... Yeah, I, I, I think I do agree with what you're saying because you're you're more talking about the hawk side of it. I yeah. love the Dimitri slow roll. I like that mm. Dimitri is a character that's very much a slow roll, and they don't go for like an enlightening moment, really. But yeah, I could see what you're saying from like Hawk's side because Hawk was one of those. Uh, he was the character that you know, leaned right into it so quick and then it worked for him and like turned it around. Yeah. Um, but I I agree about the slow roll as well. In a show where things move very, very quickly at times because we need to get places in time, yeah. um, he, he is very consistent and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so Jasmine goes and complains to Aisha and she gives her a front wedgie. Uh, first though, Moon, like, Moon does a, uh, a heel turn sort of thing here where she is, she apologized to Aisha and thinks she should as well. And this is a great party. What are you even going on about? Like, she's uh, reacting like a normal person and not a mean girl, which is nice. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's nice to see some layers, uh, except from the mean girl who's still a mean girl. Uh, but she gets her comeuppance because she gets a vagina wedgie. So there yep. you go. <laughs> One of the worst kinds of wedgies. Um, and then we have uh, Robbie and Sam showing up. Uh, well, we kind of skipped over, but Sam, uh, Sam is sprung from her confinement by Robbie, who just has obviously got the hots for Sam, and that's why he does this, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, the, the, you know, we can have the moment where he's like, she's like, oh, great, I got to go meet my boyfriend. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go meet him. Boyfriend? Oh, yeah. Foiled and he pulls again. the Kaiser Soze and everything. Yeah, and it's it's uh this is a great way to play off of the Karate Kid. Obviously, I mean we're at a party again, and especially because I mean even though Miguel is uh, um, caught in just standard teenage angst, he is going off of. I think at one point he does mention like I just don't want what happened to you know Sensei Lawrence to happen to me. He is going off of yeah. that story. And, it, you know, it's like poetry. It rhymes. And, you know, I say that's a, like a Star Wars goof. But I have been thinking a lot about how, like, Karate Kid is my new Star Wars. Like, the same excitement, <laughs> the same excitement and, like, feverish, like, fanboyism I used to have with Star Wars. Nah, that's with Karate Kid now, my dudes. Cool. Great. I love that take. Uh, we, well, should get, actually... uh, okay. we should get t-shirts that say like the Star Wars opening crawl, <laughs> but it's just like uh, no mercy or it says Karate Kid. And then underneath is just 
how the he got kicked in the face because that's the most important thing that's ever happened the whole crawl is just about that fight <laughs> now actually before we get too far i mean this uh, i didn't look too much into this but you know when we discussed sopranos we'd call out books and stuff have you read as i lay dying by william faulkner i have not jim have you because they do specifically show it when sam is like being grounded and she's like ah my god this is so boring or whatever because she has like she has the book out and she's like holding it up um it's a southern gothic novel uh it's his fifth novel consistently ranked among the best novels of the 20th century uh what the hell is it about though narrated by 15 Um, different characters over 59 chapters is the story of death the story of the death of Addie Bundren and her poor rural family's quest and motivations, noble or selfish, to honor her wish to be buried in her hometown of Jefferson, Mississippi. I mean, it does sound boring. <laughs> it does. I don't feel like it has any uh, connection to what's going on besides the fact that it's funny that she's laying down yes. and feels like she's dying and puts it over her head. And also, it makes sense that in that house, that house of perfect chrome-like espresso machines, you would also have this, oh, one of the greatest novels of the century on mm-hmm. the bookshelf for her to pick up when she has no computer or phone. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you think uh, I, I, you already answered it, but I was going to ask if you thought there was a deeper meaning, like someone on set was like, this is my favorite book. It made me want to be a writer or someone was like, hey, she's laying down like uh, what's, what's the book I have like dying in the name. <laughs> hey, this one, this one says dying as I lay dying. That's perfect. I think they literally went like, what's the most boring looking book we can find? And then like, oh, I was forced to read this when I was a teen. Uh, I think that was the thinking behind it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when the, the party, sh- the when Robbie and Sam show up and we have the showdown and, you know, uh, he, you know, Miguel's upset because, oh, this is the kid that was at dinner. And of course, Robbie's upset because he's like, oh, my God. The girl I like's uh, boyfriend is also my replacement with my dad. <laughs> is this is this real? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, yeah, uh, this is painful for me to watch. Like I don't know t- teen drama or any drama. Sometimes when it's just too awkward and you know bad stuff's gonna happen. I don't know. I have to pause it and take it back up again because you don't you don't want to see this. It's terrible. Even if you don't like believe it that they'll end up happily married or whatever, like we didn't necessarily believe Ali and Dan Daniel were gonna get uh, married, like it's still just brutal to watch this comedy of misunderstandings and Miguel with that fire in his eye that was probably put there and it wouldn't have been there if not for Johnny. Uh, it's just uh, horrible. See it all go wrong. And yeah, there yeah. we are. And so but do you think we'll ever get to the point where we're rooting for Robbie and Miguel to be best friends? Uh, we'll be rooting for more than that, according to fan fiction, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, and yeah, I, I, it doesn't build to a fight or like a showdown. Um, you know, it builds to him like accidentally hitting Sam. Uh, Miguel is just cartoonishly bad here as well. Yeah. Like, cause he's like, she's like, have you been drinking? And he's like, oh, you get to turn this around on me. Yeah. And this is also part of my sort of drunk thing where I'm like, well, he's acting like a drunken, like caricature, uh, and an asshole. But um, see, but so, you know why it's perfect though, is because if we were watching the Johnny Lawrence story, and then we got to the point where we had Johnny versus Daniel at the beach. We'd be like, why is Johnny acting like this? He's a, 
he's a great dude. Like you know, yeah. dealt a rough <laughs> hand, but now he's being a cartoonish villain. Are you serious? So that's I think, that's so true. <laughs> um, um, and then we get to the point where basically they are buddy buddy. Like Daniel and Johnny. I mean, Johnny does drive drunk here. Uh, like, cause they're, they're stumbling back to the house. Johnny drove them back. They're both wasted. Uh, I appreciate that the show is making a stance that buzz driving is not drunk driving. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're, cause they're at the point where they're just going to have a friendly match and they're talking about what Rocky three, how, uh, Rocky and Apollo basically did it for themselves. Like just to see who won. Uh, I don't think the movie ever even tells you. It's just kind of like that. It cuts to smash, cuts the credits as they're about to go and do their own private. Like, let's see who was better. But of course, Robbie's there, and now again, it's like, haha. Daniel's like, I got a student of my own because he's clueless, and yeah. you know, it's Johnny's son, and everything's coming to light because we're almost at the finale. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, so I guess their plan was to go in and fight while drunk, which I suppose is more reasonable than their original fight uh, plan, which was to fight in the garden and someone gets kicked into the pool. And it's like, for real, no, we're going to have a fun fight. We're going to do it drunk. Yeah. <laughs> they, I suppose it makes sense that they wouldn't go like, right here, two weeks from today, we both train up and then do it. Because then it's going to be a lot like the original Karate Kid. And that didn't turn out great uh, for either of them, really. Um, so yeah, they're just going to have a drunken brawl instead of just coming back to have like, I don't know, a nightcap and then he sleeps in the dojo. But hopefully that's what would have happened, you know, in the fanfic where Robbie's, uh, not here, but he is. And, uh, yeah, again, we have the, him pushing him into his, uh, trophy, the trophy's broken. Robbie's very, uh, I don't know. He's like, if you have to fight him, you're going to have to fight me first. It's a, it's very highly dramatic what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And uh, for once, I'm like, uh, Johnny's reaction makes sense, you know, because he's like, this is ridiculous. And he looks yeah. at both of them and just leaves. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, his son has chosen someone over him. Uh, and, you know, it's all like laid out right in front of him. Uh, so, yeah, makes sense. Like, all right, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is too real yeah. for me right now. I was... I was going to complain that he ne he never sent that letter that he was writing to Robbie anyway. But then I guess he was writing it literally last night because that's yes. when the firebomb was there and everything. So you can't really blame him. Uh, he had the idea to send it, which, as we all know, an idea is as good as doing the thing, right? I think often about giving to charity, and it's pretty much the same thing as doing it. Uh, I get to feel good about it <laughs> yes. still. Um, so, yeah, Daniel shows his... Uh, inner anger as well by telling him to get out and never come near the house or the dealership ever. Um, I guess he's upset about losing his new friend and being betrayed by a student and his trophies broken as well. Good thing he's got two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from that, uh, the, the bad boy karate, but you, everyone knows the important one's that first one. And I have to assume yeah. the broken one is that first one because, uh, symbolism mm. and all that, but yes, we're, we're all lined up ready for the finale. Great episode. Uh, once again, uh, in what, what, in my opinion is a pretty close to perfect season. Uh, I don't know anything else on this episode. I don't think so. I'm, I'm excited to uh, discuss the finale next time and then get right into season two yes. as at the time we're recording this anyway, they haven't announced season three. I'm sure we'll do episodes on that ASAP, uh, but we'll see what comes of it. Uh, for now, I'll just uh, mention again, you can very, uh, you're very welcome to leave a review 
on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. And uh, you can also go to showswhatyouknow.com for all of our other coverage of other TV shows. Beyond that, there's just one more thing, Jim. Oh, what's that? Strike first. Strike hard. No No mercy. mercy.